Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank, Drexel University, and the General Building Contractors Association. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. It wasn't that long ago that West Philadelphia's University City neighborhood was considered to be a very challenged place to live and work. Think urban decline of the 1960s and 70s. There's been one organization that's been focused on changing that story and the landscape of this dynamic community for more than 50 years, and their hard work has been transformative. We'll explain more throughout the program. And when I say we, I'm actually referring to our great friend and colleague, Kelly Diley of Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business. Kelly's back this week, joining us as our co-host right here on Growing Greater Philadelphia. Kelly, it's great to have you back. Thanks, Matt. Love your intros. I'm having a blast helping you tell these stories about these amazing entrepreneurs. You know, the new world of innovation and invention It's not built on a typical and traditional nine to five schedule. I know what you mean. Companies like Apple and Google, who are considered the pinnacles of forward thinking, have created not just businesses, but entire empires, some would say. They have research campuses that help inspire new ideas 24-7. They hire innovators. And I think I was telling you before we started recording that many of my students are trying to land jobs with these companies, okay? So innovators are always thinking of new ways to push concepts further. And in order to promote this type of forward thinking, we have cities, universities, and organizations that are building communities where people not only work, but where they live, shop, dine, and even play. And where they can even create and innovate, too. And entrepreneurs don't have to move to the West Coast in order to experience this type of eclectic and electric environment. We have that spirit of innovation right here in West Philadelphia. It's there where we are fortunate to have a world-renowned and revolutionary campus that's fostering a community of thinkers and makers and dreamers and doers. That community is called U-City Square, and it's in the hub of University City, perfectly placed between top-tier research organizations like the Wistar Institute and academic centers such as the University of Pennsylvania and... Drexel University. That's right. (laughs) Drexel, (laughs) the place where I'm privileged to work every day. And everything that we're talking about, Matt, I see it firsthand. Um, This is truly a space that brings innovators together from working in state-of-the-art labs to exchanging ideas at beer gardens and rooftop meeting places. This is a community that enables entrepreneurs and researchers to work together when they want to and where they want to any time of day or night. And at the center of this revolutionary community of thinkers is the University City Science Center. This unique and dynamic nonprofit has led the way and evolved in dramatic ways over the past five decades. Today, the Science Center operates 16 buildings and seems to be constantly expanding. Well, that's, that sounds really cool. And what I love about this week's episode is the in-depth look into the history of this massive research park. From concept to construction, the Science Center exemplifies how technology and culture and community come together to fuel progress and change. 
And then we hear from a leader of a construction company who uses firsthand accounts when teaching his students at one of our region's leading universities. So, Kelly, let's think about innovation as a game, a really intense, team-oriented game where making a revolutionary discovery or product is the equivalent of scoring a goal, for example. And when we think about innovation in this way, U-City Square is the field, the playing field, where all of these inquisitive minds are located. And the name of the game is taking knowledge to the next level, commercializing ideas into meaningful medicines, treatments, products, or services that help people and society. As mentioned, University City is where the Science Center first found its home. And to tell this story properly, well, let's go to that location, back to where it all began. We can walk through here to check out Quorum. That's Kristen Fitch, and she graciously showed us around the Science Center's open conference space. So this is our Quorum space. It's an entrepreneur's clubhouse. When taking a tour, it's inspiring to know that this space is truly the epicenter for many transformative, larger-than-life ideas. And right here on Growing Greater Philadelphia, we found that asking the simplest questions often elicits the most interesting answers. How did they get their start? Were they sitting around a kitchen table among colleagues and friends? Well, we asked Kurt Hess, the interim president and CEO of the Science Center, just what was that motivation for our academic, business, and civic leaders when creating what we know today as the Science Center. The seeds were really planted in the mid-50s. Yeah. And a number of civic and community leaders got together. Five of our shareholders, obviously Penn, Temple, Drexel being three of them. They got together and they said, you know, we want to create a a science and research enclave in uh, what was then West Philadelphia. Yeah. So the location is actually pretty strategic and specific. Yeah, strategic and specific because it was nestled between Drexel University and University of Pennsylvania. Okay. And in West Philadelphia, which at the time was really considered a, a blighted and high poverty area. The city took back a lot of the land, about 25 acres of land, through eminent domain to form this community for science and research. Mm-hmm. And 17 acres of the land ended up going to University City Science Center, and then the balance ended up, some parcels went to Drexel University, and some parcels went to University of Pennsylvania. Looking out through this window, this is kind of the newest expansion of U-City Square, which is the campus that we're on right now. We'll be expanding our footprint with several new buildings over the next several years. You'll see over here we're in the process of building out some community and public spaces for people to utilize the land. Okay, so Kurt, explain for us what is U-City Square? How does that differ from the Science Center and University City? And what's the thinking behind taking on such a massive project? So I love to say that in 1963, when the Science Center was founded, Mm -hmm. there was one building on the campus, 3401 Market, 90,000 square feet. Today, there's 16 buildings on the campus, 3 million square feet. Wow. So just think about all the construction jobs that have resulted from building out. And 3401 is still there. 3401 is still there, (laughs) correct. But just think of all the construction jobs that have resulted from building close to 3 million square feet. So when I got there again in 2002, actually, since I've been there, we've built, we're on our fourth building. Okay. So since I've been there, 3711 was built, 3737, 
3601, which is a residential project, and yep. then currently under construction is 3675. Right. So roughly 1.2 million square feet constructed since I've been there. But to your point about placemaking, so when I got there, the Science Center over time, we have engaged a number of architects to do master plans. And placemaking was always a key. So actually, one of the master plans that we engaged an architect back in the early 2000s, we said, okay, how does the Science Center compare to other successful urban research parks around the country? So they did a study, and they compared us to research parks around the country. And they said, okay, you guys, you know, you don't have as much lab space, and you don't have any residential, you don't have hotel, you don't have much retail. And we made a concerted effort from really from 2002, 2003 forward to bring each of those things to the campus. So, for instance, every building that we've built since 2002 has ground floor retail. We made a conscious decision in 2014 to add residential to Mm -hmm. our campus. So 3601 Market is our first residential project. 363 apartments, ground floor retail. And that makes a huge difference when you talk about live, work, and play, people on the street, you know, life on the street, safety, and all the things that go with you know, a heavy populated area. Right. It's just vibrant and building a community. Innovation, technology, or even science. Well, these are all themes that I actually expected to explore when traversing the different buildings of UCD Square's campus. But there's so much more. And it's all very unexpected in some cases. There's actually an exhibit titled Edith, which, quote, ruminates on the idea of the memory palace, a mnemonic device first developed by the ancient Greeks and Romans, wherein one can use the memory of a specific architectural space to embed information to be memorized. Wow, there's a lot to unpack and comprehend there. And frankly, I didn't understand the different sculptures that were seemingly haphazardly put on the ground of an otherwise typical lobby floor. But I couldn't help but feel the creativity behind the artist Colin Klockner's work. Though it's complex in nature, it really offers the simple joy of experiencing art for free. And it's stated that the Esther Klein Gallery which is part of the University City Science Center. Its mission is to positively impact the cultural life of our West Philadelphia neighborhood and the broader community too. And it's moving to see such a research and science-driven organization actually actively engaged with the community that it's become a part of right here in Philadelphia through the exploration of art. That's awesome. So we now have a much better sense of where the Science Center has been and how the physical community has been built. But what kinds of projects and companies have come out of these impressive structures? We answer that question next. It seems everyone wants to make Greater Philadelphia their home. Did you know that Philadelphia is ranked by the Huffington Post as one of the top 10 cities to relocate to in the U.S.? For more information on Philadelphia's rankings, visit selectgreaterphl.com. Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by the City of Philadelphia, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. In 2015, Philadelphia became the first World Heritage City in the U.S. and in 2017 was named the number three city for startups, according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce in 1776. Learn more about why you should bring your business to the region by visiting philadelphiadelivers.com. 
Independence Blue Cross, a proud sponsor of the Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Independence Blue Cross is the largest health insurer of the Philadelphia region, serving more than 2.5 million people locally and 8.5 million people in 23 states and Washington, D.C. Learn more about Independence Blue Cross at ibx.com. Welcoming new neighbors to the community is part of who we are. It's the Philadelphia way. That's why Select Greater Philadelphia invites you to their annual Welcome to Greater Philadelphia cocktail reception. It's our chance to say thanks for making Philadelphia your home. Thursday, October 25th, an evening filled with meaningful conversations and new friendships. Register at selectgreaterphl.com slash events. Presented in partnership with Berkshire Hathaway Fox Roach Home Services. We know great homes. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Wells Fargo, a proud sponsor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Wells Fargo is a diversified, community-based financial services company with a strong vision of satisfying the financial needs of their customers and helping them succeed financially. Wells Fargo provides banking, mortgage, investments, consumer, and commercial financial services. Learn more at wellsfargo.com or call 1-800-869-3557. Copyright 2018, Wells Fargo Bank N.A. All rights reserved. Member Covering Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. These are the stories, people, and projects that are transforming our collective community. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia. From planning to execution, we continue to take a closer look inside the Science Center, the revolutionary nonprofit organization that is considered to be the first urban research park in the country and that is continuing and enhancing its role as the nucleus for research and collaboration right here in Greater Philadelphia. And with an organization like this, there has to be numerous accounts of business successes. Here, Kurt shares with us insights into companies that have graduated from the Science Center that he's particularly proud of. Yeah, absolutely. We have so many. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's another thing that I'm proud of, all the great companies that have graduated from the Science Center or are still there and doing just incredible things that literally they're doing things that will help or have changed the world. So a couple come to mind that really happened in the 16 years that I've been at the Science Center. The first I'll share is Avid Radio Pharmaceutical. Okay. So Avid Radio Pharmaceutical was a company started by Dan Skrivnoski. He was a MD, PhD at the University of Pennsylvania. He left Penn to form his own company, Avid Radio Pharmaceutical. He was working very closely with a researcher at Penn. And so he formed this company, and what they do is early diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. Okay. Okay? And previously, the only way to diagnose Alzheimer's disease was postmortem. And what their technology enabled them to be able to diagnose somebody with Alzheimer's disease while they were still alive. Mm -hmm. And they did it through, and I'm not a scientist, so I won't be exact, but they did it through, I believe, injecting some radioactive material into the person. That material would actually stick to parts of the brain like Mm -hmm. plaque, and it would, you know, depending on how much stuck would determine, you know, whether the person had early signs of Alzheimer's. So the great story about that company is Dan started with, obviously, just himself. Mm -hmm. And they started at 3624 Market Street, our incubator on the fifth floor, which, by the way, is where Hubert Schumacher started Senecor. Okay. Okay? And, And of course, 
you know, that's a whole different story that's, of success. That's, that's of right. success. That's, Part of the J and J family today. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, today called Janssen Pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an amazing success story. Back to Dan Skrivnowski and Avid. So he started thirty six twenty four. One person. We had just completely renovated those labs because when I got there in two thousand two, they were about twenty. 20, 25 years old, maybe even older. And they were really tired and worn down mm-hmm. and pretty much a maze. So we gutted the floor top to bottom. We built out brand new labs. And coincidentally, Dan moved in at the time that they opened. Right. And he was extremely successful with his technology, with raising money. He grew the company from one person to probably 40 in the incubator, which is wow. definitely atypical. Yeah. Normally, incubators may grow to 10 people. Right. He had 40 people in our incubator. That had to be tight. It was quite tight. <laughs> he had three and four people in an office. Right. And so what was really neat is he outgrew the incubator. 3711 Market had just delivered. And then Dan relocated from 3624 Incubator, signed a 10-year lease at 3711 Market, a traditional real estate lease, and leased 16,000 square feet of his own space. About a year later, Avid was acquired by Eli Lilly Mm -hmm. for $800 million. Wow. And now uh, Avid is wholly owned subsidiary of Eli Lilly, and they're still at 3711 Market Street. And they actually, about a year or two after Eli Lilly acquired them, they took another 9,000 square feet. So they're still in the building, 25,000 square feet. So that's a huge success story for, obviously, for Avid and for the Science Center. Another great success story is Invisible Sentinel, founded by two guys, Nick Siciliano and Ben Paschal. And they do rapid diagnostics for food and beverage contamination. Yes. And they've expanded that into wine and beer. Okay. And so now their technology, they're using their technology to help detect, again, bacteria in wine and beer for companies all over the world. So they really took what was probably intended to be a foodborne kind of germ or illness-related initiative, and now are applying it to a new space in beverage uh, That's right. world, which is probably equally as you know dynamic in terms of its growth. Yeah. yeah. And so Ben and Nick started yep. in the incubator, again, at 3624, yep. the two of them, and they grew that company to you know 30 people. And then they graduated from the business, Port Business Incubator and yep. took their own space at 3711 Market, and they're still there today growing. Wow. The future of the Science Center is here with the construction of one of its newest buildings, 3675 Market Street, which is also helping to redefine this new live-work-play community known as U-City Square. The towering wall of glass and steel is the new epicenter for innovation in West Philadelphia. Undeterred by the oppressive summer heat, Skilled laborers are bringing the structure to life. Today, they're working in teams to secure windows to the facade of this impressive building as the rumble of traffic on Market Street rushes on by. So, Kurt, the Science Center has really become an environment for entrepreneurs uh, to work and, and just to come together. What are some of the programs that are available through the Science Center that are really encouraging companies to grow? Sure. So, to just highlight the point that you were alluding to earlier, we are collaborative by nature. We have 31 universities that are shareholders. So we're already right out of the blocks. We're working with 31 different universities, universities, hospitals, or research organizations. Okay. 
so really, our structure is inherently collaborative by nature. So we have a myriad of programs that we've been running for a number of years. The programs, I believe, have changed you know, and evolved over time, sure. certainly since the 60s and 70s. Today, and maybe for the last 10 to 15 years, our programs really focus on supporting entrepreneurship and innovation. To name a few, QED is our proof of concept fund. It started in 2009. We've been running the program for 10 years. 21 of our 31 shareholders participate in the QED program. Hmm. When we started the program in 2009, there were only two proof-of-concept funds that we knew of in the country. They were both single-institution proof-of-concept funds. One was associated with MIT, and one was associated with the University of California, San Diego. Wow, okay. So, so, so your collaboration actually goes beyond just the immediate greater Philadelphia neighborhood, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, point is, the QED yeah. program was the first multi-institution proof-of-concept fund in the nation. Wow. Okay, so 21 of our... 31 shareholders participated in the QED program. Yep. And what we do is we run a, a round of calling for research papers from the 21 participating universities. They can supply a research white paper on just about anything that they're working on. Okay, And we have a committee of folks that are industry and business that review those white papers and research papers. And they narrow it down from what we generally get anywhere from 50 to 70 white papers. Okay. And the committee will meet and they'll narrow that down to 10 to 15 projects. We will actually marry each of those projects with business advisors because, as you I'm sure know, Matt, most of the researchers really have no experience in commercializing a product. Right. They're great at research, but they're, they're not, you know, their strength is not business or commercializing a project. So we really marry the researcher with business advisors. Okay. And they give them lots of advice and guidance. And they're the ones that say, hey, how would you take that idea? How would you commercialize it? How would you market it? Who would you sell it to? And that's really the beauty behind the program is it's not just the research. It's not just the business advisors. It's really combining the two groups together yep. that really make the program great. And so we just started our 11th round. So we've had 10 rounds. Um, the success rate of companies that have licensed a product or formed a company is somewhere around 50%, where I think the, the success rate of typical commercializing a company would, it would probably be less than 10%. Yep, so hugely gotcha. successful program. Wow, that's great. So that's QED. We have, uh, continuing down the, the research continuum, another program we have is Phase One Ventures. Okay. So that's a program where we actually invest in a company. Hmm. So we'll provide a number of companies with a $25,000 kind of a seed grant to get them going. Once a company is successful in either obtaining a SPIR grant or STTR grant or uh, venture funding, we will match the grant that they get with our own dollars. So we have phase zero companies that they get $25,000. We have phase one where we'll match up to about 225000 and then phase two will match another 225000 So we'll cap our exposure at four fifty. Okay. And we're matching dollars, which are considered to be non-dilutive, yep. right? They're grants. They're non-dilutive. We match those dollars to the grants. And again, these are real companies that they, they have actually formed. And so we're helping them to continue with their research to try to commercialize their product. There is so much to learn and examine at the Science Center. It's really incredible. If you want to hear more about how they systematically keep evolving over time 
and what other groundbreaking discoveries are happening at Philadelphia's University City Science Center, head online now to 1210WPHT.com slash select. What is the most valuable asset a professor can have when teaching students a trade? Find out next. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Virtua, a proud partner of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. As one of New Jersey's largest nonprofit health systems, Virtua provides comprehensive health care services to achieve its mission to help people be well, get well, and stay well. Learn more about Virtua at Virtua.org. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Blank Rome LLP, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Blank Rome is an AmLaw 100 firm with 13 offices and more than 600 attorneys and principals who provide a full range of legal and advocacy services to clients. Learn more about Blank Rome LLP at blankrome.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Temple University, a proud supporter of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. One in seven Philadelphians are Temple graduates. Learn more about Temple University at temple.edu. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Comcast, NBC Universal, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Comcast is deeply committed to the Philadelphia community and is proud to be headquartered here since it was founded as a startup 55 years ago. Learn more about Comcast at ComcastCorporation.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by KPMG, a proud sponsor of the Select Greater Philadelphia Council. After opening its Philadelphia office in 1908, KPMG MG partners and professionals have enjoyed helping Philadelphia's business community grow and flourish for generations. And KPMG looks forward to being a part of Philadelphia's continued growth and prosperity. Learn more about KPMG and the firm's audit, tax, and advisory services at KPMG.com. Millennials are helping to make Greater Philadelphia a major talent hub in the United States. 39% of millennials hold a bachelor's degree or higher compared with 33% across the nation. Find out more at selectgreaterphl.com and tune in to the growing Greater Philadelphia podcast on radio.com. From working in new industries that are just getting started to trades that have a long and rich history, we now shift our focus to the historic profession of masonry. We met up with Jim Smith, and when he's not working as part of the Armor Masonry Restoration Team, he's teaching the next generation of builders and tradesmen and women. It's so important that we create a pipeline of talent in order to grow the number of skilled laborers in our region. These are the individuals who are helping to build and restore the structures that are our research centers, our hospitals and schools, and our very homes. We asked Jim how he teaches his students. I have been a adjunct professor at Philly U, we're now also known as Jefferson. And it, it's an interesting focus that they have. Many of the universities, including Jefferson University and uh, probably Temple, Drexel, University of Delaware, They all have these nice construction management programs. Uh, I think Philly Community College also has one. Mm -hmm. And the reason that they're bringing in adjunct professors and they're really focusing on their professors having field training. Right. And the reason they're doing that is because they're finding out that textbook is textbook. Right. You guys are living it. You're in the field every day. Yeah. I get evaluated every semester by my students and... For the past three years, six semesters, I get the same evaluation report that Professor Smith 
hate being called a professor, but yeah, right. Professor Smith, he brings real life experience. So what I do is I, I bring projects that are actually being built mm-hmm. and we go over them and we go over the details of how to build it. And that textbooks don't bring that. Right. And these students are coming out of school with a wealth of knowledge and the universities are all grabbing onto it, mm-hmm. every one of them. Sure. And I know the co-op program, for example, at Jefferson allows for that kind of real-life on-hands training, if you will, that takes the textbook and brings it to life. And that's really important in an industry like yours at Armor to be able to provide a skill set for young people who are going through these training programs to actually learn by doing. Absolutely. Yeah, I give them actual blueprints of uh, there was a project that we built down on Walnut Street that I had copies of the blueprints for all the students, and they did their their takeoff and their estimate and yep. their proposal and their schedule. They they learned more than you could ever learn from a textbook. Yeah, going through a textbook, I look at these textbooks. They're well written. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put the author down. Sure, you know, but you can learn more from real life experience. There are so many restoration projects that Jim's skill team of craftsmen and women are working on around our region. To hear more about Armor Masonry Restoration, along with all of the stories featured on Growing Greater Philadelphia, be sure to head online to 1210wpht.com slash select. Growing Greater Philadelphia is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia. We're a council of the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia, and we're the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. We work to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our neighborhood. Special thanks to our investors and partners who believe in our efforts, especially the team at Citizens Bank, for their highly engaged support of this podcast and of all of our efforts at Select Greater Philadelphia. You can learn how Citizens can help your company reach its potential by visiting citizensbank.com slash commercial. I also want to thank our program producers, Elena Carmazan and Maricela Juarez, and our writer, Samara Grizel, and our researcher, Steve Boucher. Learn more about Select Greater Philadelphia by visiting selectgreaterphl.com and tune in anytime to this radio and podcast program at 1210wpht.com slash select.